This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Season 2 of the Pat and JT Podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. It's Pat and JT on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, 402-403-9478. Love getting your texts. And don't forget, join our private Facebook group. Um, there'll be tons of cool things that we talk about in there that we don't tell anybody else. <laughs> Super secret stuff. Uh, one thing that is in there, and I will kind of spill the beans just a little bit, is we started posting Wordle scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody could kind of compare and see what they've been doing. So apparently the story, and you just tipped me off to this, and I didn't hear this, but it happened in an episode or episode, but Wordle 241, which I believe was yesterday. When, no, last week. It had been a, yeah, week it last, a week ago. It was a week ago. Um, that there were two possible solutions for the answer. Yeah. And I don't, said every day the players, blah, 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 241, reporting two different, I don't understand how there can be two different answers. It's the word that they say it is. Is it, is it, is there any word where it could be like, it's the same letters, but you mix them all around and it makes two different words? No, because when you play, it tells you where the letters belong. So you get, if, the, if, when you put five letters in, in, if it's gray, it's not in there. If it's orange, or whatever yeah. color you got. It is in there, but it's in the wrong place. Right. If it's green, it's in the right place. Yeah. I didn't I remember I was either. pissed off last time because uh, they use the same letter twice sometimes. And then, yeah, they don't but tell if you, you And they don't tell you that mm-hmm. necessarily. If you guess the letter, it doesn't, it might show you've got, you know, it, it doesn't show that you have two of that letter. So At you, least you, it hasn't in my history. So you assume um, that, it, that you burned that letter, so you're not going to, not going to put another A right. in there or a T or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But... Anyway, yeah, so apparently there were two possible. Yeah, I but mean, I don't see how there could be if they say this is the answer, that's the, this is the answer they're looking for. I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's, too, uh, that's above my pay grade. I have no it's idea. It's a lot of fun, though. Yeah. Speaking of pay grades, mm-hmm. you're trying to save some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Centrist Federal Credit Union real quick because they are our partners for this year. They're going to be with us through all the stuff. We've got some live events coming up mm-hmm. uh, that are going to be so much fun. More Facebook Lives, uh, definitely. And these are the things I'm telling you to talk about in our private Facebook group. We'll talk about all this stuff before we talk about it anywhere else yeah. in our private Facebook group. That's who's going to find out about the events first. Yes. Um, and so you can be sure to come to the events, and you never know who's going to be a guest at these events. Exactly. Um, and just all the way around, they're, they're supporting our podcast, plus they're also giving us uh, information to help people financially in 2022, trying to get back on track. Maybe actually going back into the office, um, kids going back into school, going back on vacations. Um, again. Oh, vacations! Saving Stop for all, saving for all that stuff because now you know we were everybody's been home for two years basically, yeah. and all the the remodeling probably is done in the house because you were sick of looking at stuff. So now it's time <laughs> to start saving money for other things. There you go, yeah. and of course tax time's still upon us. So. <sighs> Stop by and see them online. Check out their experts. They've got great information online. Their blog is fantastic. Yeah, it's centristfcu.org or 402-334-7000. Centrist. All right, so we have a guest in studio and saw you on Facebook. Ryan, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, Ryan. No problem. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Understated <laughs> entrance, definitely. No, um, thank you for coming on. And I tell you, the reason why... You caught my eye was because of a book that you have, Ryan Roenfeld, and you have a book, Secret Omaha. 
I have several books. But, but, yes, I, but that's see, the book that caught me because is the most recent. Yes. Is the most recent. That was the one. We're gonna we're gonna talk about all of them. Um, and you've got you. Not only do you have books, you 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 do speak speaking engagements. I give walking tours. Yeah, walking tours. That's another big thing too. But there are people. Um, so many people in Omaha, more than people realize that that are interested in the history of Omaha because it. it there's a lot here that hasn't been uncovered and or that people don't even realize that they're living right on top of. And a, and a lot of times it's stuff that you don't want to necessarily teach fourth graders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I mean, there's, you know, you think about the Wild West days of the Union Pacific and, and we learned a little bit about that and Hell on Wheels. Thank you very much. I love that show. <laughs> but anyway, just the whole nature of what downtown Omaha was at yeah. the time, the red light district that it was. Um, and that was in Wicked Omaha, which is one of my other books. Wicked yeah. Omaha is another. I've talked I'm to you about that. I'm running out of adjectives. That's <laughs> <laughs> so give us a little, give us a little walking history of you and how you got started doing this and what what got you into it. Um, I don't know. I am from Glenwood, which is you know 20 minutes south of Omaha. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're always a history buff, or you always liked like an investigator. Yeah, it was. Uh, I started out wanting to get into writing fiction, but the, the truth was just so much weirder, mm-hmm. and it was more places everybody knew, but nobody knew about any of this stuff. Do you remember the first one that you, the first story you heard, or the first thing you kind of uncovered, or like this? Kind I of gotta write about this. Yeah, like I want to know more about this. Um, I was at the University of Iowa, and I found someone's doctoral dissertation buried in the library, and it talked about the uh, the ferry points along the Missouri River during the gold rush. One of which was my buddy's farm where we all drank underage. <laughs> and I was like, what? This, this was a major crossing of the Missouri River. And I wow, that's was cool. totally oblivious. You, got, you, were, you were getting right. oblivious at a very <laughs> historical place. And you didn't even realize it. it exactly. So that's, that's cool. I uh, started digging into it and it just kind of went from there. Interesting. That is very interesting. I had one of those moments this last year. Yeah. When I found out that aliens landed oh, on yeah, mom right. and dad's property. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Ashland, ah. and there was an alien landing back in the 60s, apparently, and a, a police officer saw it. It's in our pasture. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad knew that. I never knew this. I never even, I'm like, would you, I, I've heard the story, and I only found the story about, what, five years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Didn't even Relative know Relative to the when it happened, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Grew up in the town. Didn't even know that that had happened, and then found out that not only did they, was there a sighting, but it was in our pasture. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Thanks. We could have been making minting, making tons of money on merch. Charge people to see the pasture. Right? People ask to see it all the time. Mom and dad would let people go see it for nothing. For nothing. Yes. It's crazy. Uh, It's crazy. All right. So it started there. So let's go back. What was your first book? Uh, First book was a contract job for the Nonpareil. And that was back in 99, 2000 maybe. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Sure. It was, a, it was a postcard book, essentially. So it was essentially just writing captions mm-hmm. and summaries and introductions. But yeah, that was the first one. All right. Thank you, Christine Gerber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So take us through the evolution of your books. Um, like I said, a lot of more contract jobs. Uh, then I was approached by uh, Arcadia Press. Mm-hmm. We're out of Chicago, I think I did, uh, me and Dr. Warner from Council Bluffs, we did a couple books on Council Bluffs for Arcadia. Did one for On Mills County for Arcadia. Then they approached me again, and I put out Wicked Omaha. That was a couple years ago. 
And then Reedy Press out of St. Louis got a hold of me about a year and a half, two years ago to do Secret Omaha. Interesting. I so, would think writing nonfiction would be um, more difficult than writing fiction because you have to make sure all your facts are right. You got to do a ton of research. If you're writing something that you're making up in your head, it's like whatever. It pays better. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fiction market, ah, it, it really went downhill after the internet. Yeah. Was oh, true. Um, like a check. lot of things. Journalism. Stupid, stupid uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Copy editors. You know, all that the, good the internet stuff. killed a lot of stuff. <laughs> So, okay, let's go to Wicked Omaha. Give us one of the stories from Wicked Omaha. Was there one that surprised you or you didn't see coming? I, well, I think the one, one that uh, people just really don't realize was uh, MF, a guy named M.F. Martin, and he had a place called the Arcade. And this was down what is now the Capital Entertainment District. And essentially it was a warren and in the alley, and you basically – paid an exorbitant amount of money. You got two rooms. Um, you have a giant plate glass window in front to advertise whatever. Um, it costs about a dollar to $5 a day every day up front. And there were 200 women in there. Good Lord. That um, was all lit up by electric lights. Um, you could push a little electric buzzer and have booze or food delivered, but you did not have indoor plumbing. Did you anybody... Know. Yes. Uh, did, a few did. people did at that point? Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. By, by 1900, 1910, yes. You, okay, okay. Unless you were really in poverty. Really rural. You had a... Uh, or in poverty. Really rural yeah. in poverty. Okay. Or a prostitute in downtown Oklahoma. Well, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the thing is that I don't think a lot of people realize, and people know about some of the bars downtown that have the downstairs... That, that there's, you know, there were other businesses that were downstairs back in the day, you know. Or upstairs. Did, or upstairs, wherever it may be, but... but there is kind of a dark side, definitely, kind of a seedy side. Oh, yeah. It was really a really horrible method of exploitation mm -hmm. because if you're, you're, you're a woman in 1900, 1910, you really did not have that many opportunities if you're not married. Mm -hmm. um, you maybe become a housemaid or a cook. Right. That's really about mm. Yeah, it's sad. No, that's true, though. It, it, interesting. Okay, I keep weaving in my television stuff. 1883, the television show, which is the prequel to Yellowstone, right? Which I've, I've never seen. In 1883, now they've got another one coming up, too, that's called 1932. And it's it's 50 years later, essentially, and, and taking a look at the next generation and where they were at that point where, and where the country was as well. 1883, there's a point where Faith Hill's character is talking to her daughter, and they, they're allowing her to wear pants and cowboy up. Um, and ride with the, the, the cattle. And the reason why it comes down to is the fact that she knows all her choices will be taken away once they get back in civilization. Once they get back to the world and the world will find you, yeah. they will tell That's you what's acceptable. Huh. And it's like, wow. And there is an element of that too. Yeah. In fact, there, there, there's a really good uh, book called Freedom of the Streets. Mm -hmm. And the author is a UNO professor, and I can't remember her name. Her name is Sharon. There you go. And um, it, it, it studies the red light district in Davenport, Iowa. And one, of the, one element it is is that if you are a woman and you don't want to, if you want to do whatever you want and you want to get drunk every night and go dancing, mm -hmm. you can do that, but your social reputation is fairly limited. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, and in Davenport. In Davenport, <laughs> That's crazy, isn't that you didn't yeah. see that coming? No, did you? I didn't see that coming. Nope, did not. All right, so give us another one. Oh, <laughs> I don't want you to give all the secrets away, but I want I want just to to get a taste of what it's all about because I know we've had these conversations before in Omaha, and I've seen it written 
that people feel that sometimes progress is a little too eager to get rid of the old to build the new mm-hmm. when there are some some places in Omaha that a lot of people, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Exarbin, of course, is one of them. Indian Hills, we made mention of. Peony Park. I mean, those are the big ones, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of other buildings that are gone now because and I wish, and I wish they would, something new. These developers would take, because I, I like it, like downtown, there's some hotels or there whatever restaurants that are still in the same buildings that they used to be that have been around forever, yeah. but just repurposed them. And then they keep some of those old elements and it just helps tell the story of the new place and uh, doesn't let us forget about what was there before. And it's so interesting to walk into a restaurant and know that it was a paper warehouse or whatever and just to imagine that. Yeah. It's cool. One of the worst of it was was the Fontenelle Hotel, which was just a beautiful building. It was downtown's downtown Omaha's hotel. Mm-hmm. And it just sat empty for years and they kicked around what to do with it and finally they tore it down in 83 and it's a parking lot. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. So, and in 1983, downtown Omaha was not in good shape economically, mm-hmm. but it's the equivalent now today, of, uh, yeah. well, yeah. so like today, like imagine right now us the way with the first national bank building, you've got all these, uh, these other buildings downtown. Imagine a hundred years from now, all that's gone and all that even because last week when we had Denise Zach on, um, all the energy of all the people in those buildings and the business that was done and all this kind of stuff just completely gone. Um, it's kind of, it is sad. Yeah, and and to hear those stories and to be able to imagine what was in these places, it's pretty cool that you're doing that. Well, there's a, I mean, even in there's a very big difference in downtown from the 1970s when I was a little kid until by the time I got my license in the mid 80s and it was it, it became a, it had become a ghost town. Mm-hmm. Just in oh, yeah, 10, that's, 15 years. Yeah. That's true, and then there was the big renovation of downtown, you know, and, and, you know, getting, getting people to come back downtown and and rebuilding and, and kind of honoring some of the buildings histories that were down there, like Jobbers Canyon. I know there was a lot of controversy in that area as well. And then they, they were able to restore, or at least what do you want to say? There's one building left that they, that one, that's why, that's where I was going. It's like, they, they were able to, it's like, okay, we got to stop. You can't just tear everything down. Okay. It was the, (laughs) the largest delisting of properties on the national register in American history. Whoa. That's terrible. That's terrible. Wow. I didn't know that. So you got- Mike Harper did not want to look at big old ugly brick warehouses. Yeah. And then ConAgra moved to a yeah. big, huge brick warehouse they- in Chicago. <laughs> they did. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. They did, didn't they? So, yeah. yeah, it's like they, they moved all the furniture oh and then they moved. They yeah. sold all the furniture. And then it's like, wait, where's all our furniture? Right. <laughs> Put everything back. No, that is true, though. Another area that fascinates me is the, the whole Gold Coast the homes along there that a lot of them are now apartments, mm-hmm. but these massive homes. What street is that that they're on? Is it on? Some on North 32nd, South 32nd. Yeah. There's, there's several of them in there. And then the East West, um, I can't even remember, but, but I've, I've driven down it how many times. But regardless, you look across and there's like this, this expanse and then you have these massive homes mm-hmm. yeah. that had to be just jewels in their day. But now they're like 17 apartments in each one of them that they've been sectioned off. But that whole area is fascinating to me too because that's where a lot of the money lived. Yeah, and people do wonder sometimes where, what happened to the big old mansions of Omaha. But I mean, the big, huge Victorian 19th century mansions in Omaha, I mean, that's where the Woodman is now. Mm. That's where those were at, is in that neighborhood. Wow. On the hill, and those have been gone a very long time. Right. 
And there, there are a couple, every once in a while, you'll see them like on Omaha History on Facebook. Uh, somebody will have a picture of one that's been converted into something else, or maybe it was somebody's home and they have a restaurant on the front side, or they've kind of repurposed mm-hmm. some areas to preserve it. Um, but yeah, some of those homes, that's just You can't awful. build them today. <laughs> that's just awful. So what, what, <laughs> what types of stories like fascinate you the most? Like, is it like the, pro- the undercovering, like, un- I like social uncovering. history. Social history? Yeah. Okay. So finding finding the way people actually lived, um, getting the true stories of what was going on in the neighborhoods and what buildings were used. Because like a lot of them downtown, people don't realize what some of the buildings were even used for 100 years ago. Um, true. And, not and the old market really isn't very old. The old market <laughs> itself is not very old. Oh, that's funny. Because it was not the old market not that long ago. And nobody wanted to go down there. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so and so secret your book Secret Omaha, which is the most recent mm-hmm. one, right? Yep. Um, what's what's something that you can a story that you can just pluck out of there that is people be like, oh my gosh, I had no clue that that was going on here, happened here. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff in Secret Omaha. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't get everything I wanted into in there. Um, some stuff I had to leave out, and I'm kicking myself about still. <laughs> um. John O'Neill's a good story. So John O'Neill was a Finian. And the Finians were a bunch of Union Civil War veterans who were Irish immigrants who decided that the best thing they could do to free Ireland from English domination was to invade Canada. So John (laughs) O'Neill invaded Canada twice. Oh. In order to uh, hold it hostage and free Ireland. It did not work. But um, it was really the first uh, armed response to... English domination of Ireland in a very, very long time. Um, And he ended up a land promoter, um, the town of O'Neill, Nebraska, and died here in Omaha. And so then the first uh, president of the Irish Republic, a guy named uh, De Valera, came here. Oh, and I don't remember the year, but they have a nice little stone there and monument for John O'Neill at Holy Sepulchre Cemetery. Oh, that's cool. With the Hero Ridgeway. I had no idea about O'Neill, Nebraska. Yeah, me either. No, that's why it's I, I like I like finding out why streets have their names. That that was a big one to me when I first discovered that and really got the real history behind some several of the streets. Saddle Creek was a creek. Saddle Creek. <laughs> some and, and sometimes some are still just is. Ex- sometimes still right. Is. Sometimes still is right. Some yeah. of them are just face value. Right. That's what it was. But right. it is kind of interesting to find out what the history is of some of the street names and how they were a part of Omaha's history itself. Because you just say the names, it's just another word. When you're saying it, it's like Dodge Street doesn't really mean anything. John Gott Boulevard you know? almost got put in Secret Omaha, but I really don't like Ann Rand, so I didn't. Uh, I know, I know a little it. about the story behind that. That's a, that's kind of interesting too, because uh-huh. that's where we're at. We're on John Galt, yes. and a lot of people ask the question of how it got its name, and it was the developer was a fan of the book. And that's all I could find about it. I found one blurb in the World Herald, and I'm like, well, I can't come up with five, 600 words on this. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was he had developed, uh, he was a family friend way back in the day. Um, and he had developed several areas, and he always wanted to insert that name somewhere. And here it is. And today. here it is. Here we are. Like six blocks of yep. John Galt. Six blocks of John Galt. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. So where can people find out more about you, follow you, um, hear you speak if you've got any engagements coming oh, up, or I, grab I, your I tr- books? I, I, try, I try and keep up on my uh, – I have two Facebook pages. i got a personal one and a professional one, and I just have been kind of being, being lackluster on the professional one lately. But, yeah, you can get me on Facebook. Um, I 
try and stay off Twitter because I get in arguments with people. <laughs> um, That's what it's there for. <laughs> buy, buy my books at most uh, most places around Omaha. I know uh, Secret or uh, Wicked Omaha is available at most Walgreens and CVSs, I believe. Uh, Secret Omaha, you can get at uh, Barnes & Noble. You can get it down at... Uh, Next chapter books on Farnham. You can get it at the Bookworm. I'm assuming Amazon also. Where Amazon? What's, what's <laughs> it's a big. It's a big dot com. I don't know if you've I've, ever heard of it. No, I thought it was a jungle. <laughs> no, it's a no. big. They with the the jungle was named after this website. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Yeah, I've, I think I do. Know what you're talking about. That's fine. Okay, so one other thing too. You talked about walking tours. Actually, I just remembered how I did come across your name. We had a speaker that I had an opportunity to hear. She's an older lady, and she does walking tours in Omaha, and she mentioned Wicked Omaha. And I'd written it down while she was talking, because I was like, i got to look this up, because it was just in mention. She says, you know, find more about this in Wicked Omaha. It's a great book about Omaha. And I think she mentioned your name, but it was in passing in the conversation. And, you know, it was really weird, because uh, every city, mostly in the country, you could take a walking tour of this historic red light district. Mm -hmm. But she had one in Omaha, and I'm like, well, I just put out this book about this. So I, I got a hold of this lady named Shannon, and she gives tours of Prospect Hill Cemetery. And so we just kind of worked it out together, and it's been amazingly successful. I, we really kind of expected that the tourists would be paying up, but it's been mostly local yokels. I think there up. is. I think there's yeah. a real hunger, a real thirst, or whatever you want to call it, for information about Omaha's history. And it, it's you know, like, like I said, it's the site of Omaha history. You don't tell little, and that does make sense to me that it's the lo it's locals because I. Putting myself in that position, if I go to another city, it's to do something surface. You know, it's like not to dig into their history, but if you're from an area, yeah. you want to know more about the places you go on the regular. And Omaha doesn't really promote their wicked history. Right. <laughs> no, no, not not like the way Las Vegas or New Orleans. Yeah. Exactly. New Orleans was exactly do. who was in my mind because mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's a walking tour I remember going on. It was like, because you wanted to go see some of these haunts, so to speak, you know, and it yeah. was a little bit more... But not Omaha. No. And they should put one. That's, and a, a lot good. of that's just like Midwestern kind of. There's nothing important or interesting here. <laughs> nothing to see. Nothing Move to on. See. Ooh, we got a new Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a new so parking they, lot where that theater used to be, too. It's really nice. So, <laughs> so, so there's some of that mentality around here that people just don't understand or realize what they have. Um, and, you know, right mm -hmm. now you can go down to the W. Dale Clark Library and see the scalp of William Thompson which is just a wonderful thing to have here in Omaha because wow. what library has a someone's scalp? Interesting. I don't know. And that's in secret Omaha too. Oh my gosh. He got, uh, he got scalped in 1867 while building the new Pacific and a doctor in Omaha could not sew it back on. So he did what anybody would do. He went back to England and charged people money to see him and his scalp. And then he sent, well, it, then he sent it back to the doctor here in town and uh, who finally donated to the library. Good Lord. I mean, you know, Lemons, lemonade. I'm I just. I mean, do what you can do. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? do? Do what you can do. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, yeah. Though, thanks for having me down here. Absolutely. All those links, everything in our description of our episode <laughs> below. <laughs> uh, ended on a scalp. There you go. Love it. <laughs> Loving it. Thank Never you guys for listening. Before. Never before. Yeah. Pat and JT Podcast. A Huda Media Production.